Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. a part of the show text bobby v on the ups jobs text line at 437-9680 hour number two tuesday edition of the v show here on espn 680 and 105.7 thanks to zacky c for sitting in a bit during the first hour he's taken his leave. He's got a full day today. Kentucky post game show coming up tonight. I turned He'll, up his mic. I thought he was still there. I can't see him. No, he's gone. <laughs> he's yeah, gone. he left. Right. He left. Thank Sorry, you, Zach. Yeah. yeah, feels like he would have told you, but it's okay. He's got things to do. He's very busy. I understand. I understand. It's okay. <laughs> He'll be on the uh, the UK post game show tonight, following the Cats in Mississippi State here at right at the final horn here on ESPN six eighty and one zero five seven. 7 o'clock tip in Starkville tonight. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Phil Baker will join us at some point here, probably during the second hour, from uh, the the Baker Bunker, which is plus one with the addition of uh, their brand new baby girl. So we'll talk to him about that and more coming up. Uh, well, perhaps via Lucy was also talking about calling uh, via the phone. So uh, we'll, we'll see if... Uh, if he gets in with uh, with that. We'll talk to Phil somehow as we move along throughout the show. Uh, 437-9680, UPS Jobs text line. Talk cards and cats on the men's side in the first hour. Talk a little women's hoops. It's a big week this week uh, for the major conferences for the most part. The final week of the regular season on the women's side. Uh, the, the major, quote-unquote, like Power Six conference tournaments uh, happen on the women's side, typically a week before uh, the, the men's ones do, you have the same conference staffs try to run both tournaments, so they separate them, and the the men's ones right up against Selection Sunday. The women's ones are usually a week early, as is the case for uh, the ACC and the Big Ten and all that. The, uh, the ACC tournament next week, the Big Ten tournament next week, uh, the SEC tournament next week. So uh, winding out the regular season on the women's side, Louisville – 22nd in the AP poll that came out yesterday. 23rd in the coaches poll that came out today after the loss to Virginia on Sunday. A tough 73-68 loss. Louisville led by 9 with about 9 minutes to go in the game. Couldn't hold on to it. By the way, the Jeff Wall Show tonight from Parlor in J-Town. Hope you can join us out there. Uh, 7 to 8 the show over on 93.9 The Ville. If you can't make it out, tune in. Uh, we'll be talking about that game and the Cards final two of the regular season. Uh, if you can make it out to Parlor, a lot of fun. We, uh, we have there trivia starting at about 630 and, and then the show as well. So hope to see you there. But um, 
tough loss for the Cards Sunday, the first time, and this is remarkable. Uh, t- the 2010-2011 season was the first season uh, of the KFC Yum Center. That's where uh, the women moved downtown to play their home games there, along with the men from Freedom Hall, and it's the first time uh, that Louisville women's basketball has ever dropped back-to-back games at the Yum Center. They lost uh, to Virginia Tech a couple of Sundays ago, went on the road, won at Georgia Tech, and then uh, lost, obviously, Sunday against Virginia. That is a remarkable run. The other remarkable run, Louisville joined the ACC for the 2014-15 season. It was their first ever loss at home to an unranked ACC opponent since joining the league. They had been 56-0 and um, and took that loss to a very tough Virginia team that's now won 4-5, and I think a team that probably no one would really want to see in the ACC tournament next week. It's a Cavaliers team playing very, very well. They have some really good, um, well, some really good talent. Cameron Taylor, an experienced post player, she was stellar on Sunday. We saw her last year in Charlottesville was really good against the Cards, and uh, their freshman Kamora Johnson, who's a Charlottesville native, a McDonald's All American, uh, hit the big three to put him in front. Had a great game. She would be the freshman of the year in the ACC, uh, but it'll probably be Hannah Hidalgo of, of Notre Dame because she's had just an incredible year. But if not for Hidalgo, Johnson would be the freshman of the year in the league. And so taking nothing away from Virginia, that was their third win against a ranked opponent this year. They haven't done that, I think, since the 8 9 season. Um, they've won three straight road games now as well. So they're playing very well. But obviously, Louisville down the stretch, um, you know, just couldn't quite make the plays to get the win. And now the card's in a position where you heard Jeff Wall say it uh, after the game. You'll hear Thursday night's game over on 93.9 The Ville as well uh, as the cards take on Florida State. But you heard it Sunday over on 93.9. Coach Wall saying that uh, he feels like the chances of of hosting the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament are basically done. And the women's tournament, if you're a top 16 team or a top four seed you host the first two rounds but uh, he doesn't like their chances to do that the the chance to be a to get a double buy in the ACC tournament is still there um, if Louisville wins their last two regular season games they host Florida State at eight o'clock Thursday and then go to Notre Dame uh, for a two o'clock tip on Sunday they'll they'll lock up a double bye um there's there's a big cluster of teams louisville now 11 and 5 that's a four-way tie for third with nc state notre dame and florida state so uh, the game thursday night is an enormous one because if they there's there are a number of scenarios where they could still get the double bye even if they win thursday and then lose sunday uh but if they lose thursday and win sunday less scenarios to get the double by so they they really uh thursday night is a huge game um so we'll see what happens eight o'clock hopefully a big crowd out there at the kfc yum center uh as louisville tries to uh to take down a, a really good florida state team that's 20 and 8 as mentioned they're 11 and 5 in the acc and um they, they had the best freshman in the league last year in Tania Latson, who's had a great sophomore campaign, averaging about 22 points a game. Uh, they've been ranked for a lot of the season, has Florida State. Not uh, not ranked right now, but they've had a, a nice season. They're receiving votes in the AP poll, um, not receiving any votes in the coaches poll, but um, 
it'll be a it'll be a tough game Thursday and a big one. And the Cards, we'll see which way they go off the loss. You heard, I mean, the clip sort of made its way around. Jeff Walls had his team gathered at midcourt, which they always do after uh, after the games at home. And he mentioned this on the radio uh, with me right after the game was over. Uh, but the the clip has made the rounds where he congratulated the team on making history, the first one to win to lose back to back games at home. So uh, it was very Patino esque of him, I think. Very much. I liked it though. I think even the families of the players are probably like, yeah, this this is why we wanted our kids to come here because that's well, a that's a coach you'd run through a wall for. There's no question about it. And if he he is honest. And that is, he's always going to be very straightforward with anybody. What you see is what you get. And um, that's, yeah, that's one of the things that people love about him. And uh, it's one of the great things about him. He doesn't sugarcoat much. And uh, you certainly heard him, saw him not sugarcoated on Sunday. It was a very tough loss. And uh, now we'll see. But if they could win the last two, they'll get a double bye. They could be... Uh, up to the three seed in the ACC tournament. I don't think they can get the two. There's a lot of scenarios with how jumbled it is, and it's kind of what we expected in the league with uh, with how good uh, the ACC has been this year. It is a very deep league, top to bottom. So uh, we'll see what happens. But the double bye, all important uh, to, to not have to play till Friday of the ACC tournament next week, which you'll you'll hear uh, hopefully throughout uh, here over on 93.9 The Ville. But um, we'll see what happens. And if Louisville could somehow sneak a three seed, that'd be large as well. Um, Virginia Tech going to be the one and then it's uh it's a jumble after that Syracuse right now in position with the two the 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 shenanigans that happened in Syracuse looming large right now for this Louisville team as well should have won that game or at least um the intentional foul that was called uh, maybe ripped one away from the cards um it'd be pretty big if they would have been able to to get that win if that hadn't been called to see how how that would have played out but um We'll see what happens. Big games. Big games this week, starting Thursday night. That's the big one because even if they lose Sunday at Notre Dame, if they win Thursday, um, there is still a pretty good chance they could end up with a double bye if a couple of things fall into place. But they control their own destiny. If they just win the next two, they will uh, They will have the double bye. So we'll see how things play out. That would be big. Could get up to the three NC State if they took a loss. Uh, NC State has the tiebreaker over Louisville because the Cards lost in Raleigh in their only meeting earlier this year. Louisville does have the tiebreaker with Duke, who has six losses right now, so that could potentially help them. Uh, they're they're 11-5 right now, tied with Florida State. That's why uh, Thursday is such a large game. So we'll see what happens. Thursday night, 8 o'clock, senior day. All the senior night festivities will take place before the game, I believe honoring all of the, uh, the graduate transfers in, the grad students uh, on the roster. So should be a fun night. Uh, get into your seats early if you're going to be out there hopefully a big crowd could use it and uh, the cards could certainly use a win on thursday night beyond just that a big week in in women's basketball we referenced it before the break but uh in iowa city this weekend the get-in price approaching 500 dollars for fifth ranked iowa hosting second ranked ohio state uh, ohio state by the way, like it's kind of crazy. Uh, was talking to Matt Andrews, the voice of the uh, the Buckeyes women's basketball team earlier today, former uh, voice of the Bats. Um, 
it's kind of crazy because Ohio State plays Michigan tomorrow night, and that's like a complete afterthought because of this game on Sunday. Uh, Ohio State-Michigan's never an afterthought in any sport, but it basically is uh, right now because of how big that game Sunday is. Ohio State is in position to be a one seed, probably if they can win tomorrow night. Um, even if they lose Sunday, as long as they win one game in the Big Ten tournament, Ohio State's probably going to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. But uh, the Caitlin Clark uh, looks like she could pass Pete Maravich's all-time Division One scoring record on Sunday in Iowa City against Ohio State, one of the reasons the ticket's so big. If you'll remember, Ohio State beat Iowa earlier this year. That's why Ohio State's already locked up a, a Big Ten championship. Uh, that was one of... That was an infinite, the infamous game. Yeah, the court storm. Uh, one of the one of the arguments that's been used this week after the Kyle Filipowski thing in Wake Forest with the, the court storming... Um, stuff and people wanting to abolish it uh I, you know it was a huge win for ohio state it was a huge a big ticket there in columbus a sellout crowd so um have to run it back there in iowa we'll see what happens but um it'll be a hornet's nest for sure for ohio state to walk into but right now the buckeyes are looking in a great spot to be a one seed they were an elite eight team last year uh, they ended uconn's long Elite Eight streak. UConn had been to like 22 straight Elite Eights uh, before Ohio State beat them in the Sweet 16 in Seattle last year, and that team's had a spectacular year this year and a chance uh, to be to be a one seed, but a huge game. Cool for women's basketball. The, the, the highest price ticket for any women's basketball game, college or WNBA, on Sunday. Uh, really good for the sport, yeah, despite Nick, what you, some people say. You might not know this. I'm from Connecticut. When that happened, though, I had to like, like it was rub my eyes, and I was yeah. like, "Is this actually happening? Oh my god! Oh my goodness!" I was the same way. We were we were in Seattle as well. We were in the opposite region from Louisville was the opposite region from from Ohio State and Connecticut. So we were uh, Matt Paris the SID for UofL Women's Basketball and I were at the game. We played on uh, on Friday, beat Ole Miss, so we were there on Saturday for the Sweet 16 games, and we watched um, Ohio State beat UConn, and it was crazy to watch that take place because you just assume UConn's going to be in the Elite Eight. They are, every, well, at that point, you just assume they were going to be in the Final Four. They had like 14 straight uh, Final Four appearances before last year, too, so you just assumed uh, that they would win, but Ohio State was the team to be able to knock them off last year, and it's sort of set in motion uh, the great year they've had this season. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, fun stuff on Sunday. I I don't know where that game is broadcast on Sunday. Uh, I'll have to check that and see. Uh, Louisville, a lot of big games. Louisville on the road in South Bend to take on Notre Dame. Obviously, that's always a huge matchup. Um, you've got Iowa and Ohio State. You've got uh, Maryland, Indiana, which should be fun. I'm trying to see. That game is on Fox, the big Fox at 1 o'clock from from Carver Hawkeye Arena. So, good stuff. We'll see what happens. Great stuff for the sport, uh, despite what some people, Cheryl Swoops, have said uh, about Caitlin Clark. Perhaps uh, we'll see if she's back for another year. She could come back for another year at Iowa, or she could end up in the WNBA. And if uh, she does, I think that'll be great for WNBA ticket sales with whichever city she happens uh, to visit. 
we'll see how that plays out. But uh, it was the original Court Storm thing. I, I think Caitlin sort of sold it a little bit in the uh, the Ohio State Court Storm. It, it certainly um, caught her by surprise but she kind of spun her way down i i thought she sold it a little more than kyle filipowski probably did although some people would argue uh filipowski sold it at at wake forest there there's definitely an issue the court storm discussion there's definitely an issue uh in those instances where it's kind of uncontrolled and where um there's not like a plan in place seemingly um like Winston-Salem Saturday, they, they, they did not do a great job of making sure there was a path off the court for the Duke players, I thought. So I think that is an extremely valid criticism. There, there has been a lot of pearl clutching about there should never be any court storming, whatever. Um, I, I get the thought, but I think it's also kind of a cool part of the game and um, – I don't know. It's something that makes college basketball unique. Like you don't see, no one storms the court in the NBA. Um, so it's it's kind of a cool, uniquely college basketball thing, and would hate to see something like that go away. But uh, have seen this pointed out on Twitter. You just have to have the right procedures in place to figure it out. Uh, people have pointed out Creighton had a giant court storming when they beat UConn a couple of weeks ago there in Omaha, and they had a great. Like the security people made essentially a human wall uh, to protect the Yukon bench area and the handshake line and then the Yukon bench area where they went off through the tunnel to go back into their locker room. So they had it, you know, they had it um, set up well, even though there was a giant court storming. The UConn players were able to get off the floor. They handled it well. They had a great plan in place and executed it well. Um, the one in Winston-Salem Saturday at Wake Forest, less of a great plan in place, it would seem. It was just a, a complete surrounding of everybody, which is which is not what you want. I think it also plays in the factor of the the amount of the like, the lead, because I think they won by four, if I'm not Yeah, wrong. it was tight. It was, it was a tight game yeah. with the UConn-Creighton situation. Creighton you knew was, it was blowing them out. So right. Probably Hurley was like on the bench like, all right, guys, when clock hit zero, just get to the locker room real quick kind of thing. Like, I think... But they did... They had a path. Like, I do think y- there has to be... There has to be like procedures everywhere. Yeah, totally. For for these game ops folks, like just figuring out how we're going to do this if they storm the court and having a, a good plan in place. If you have that, I think it eliminates a lot of the stuff that could possibly happen. So they, and I agree, the the margin definitely makes a big difference. And like Creighton, the whole time. They got a big lead, and you know they knew that they were going to win, and UConn knew that they were going to lose, and so everyone could sort of plan accordingly. But they did have a really good plan. They had that whole area walled off. Like clearly, they planned it that way at Creighton. They did a great job of executing it. You just have to have something like that in place, and everyone needs to be aware of it uh, before the game starts. And I think that would take care of a lot of these issues rather than having to completely get rid of the court storming stuff as long as there's a good plan to get the other team off the floor and other people have talked about this too just keep them off the floor until you get through the handshake line like you don't have to do it right when the final buzzer hits 
can let them run onto the floor after the other team's off the court. That's perfectly fine, too. Some sort of plan. As long as there's some sort of plan, I think it can work out well. Just uh, there has to be some sort of plan. And I don't think there may have been a plan at Wake Forest, but it was not super well executed. And everyone has to be on board with it, too. Um, the, The opposing players have to follow said plan. And that's important. I, I don't think that was an issue on Saturday. I don't think that there was anything not being followed. I just think it, it just came out and swallowed them up so quickly that they didn't have it really ready to go anyway to, to protect the Duke folks. So just have to have a plan. And then you can still storm the court. I think that's where I am on it. I'd rather it still be able to continue but everyone just has to have a plan. It's 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 part of college sports. It'll, it'll always happen, no matter what. I also do find Jay Billis's, and he's a friend of the show, so I'm not discrediting him or making fun of him. But yeah, I we're think, not we're not the normals here. Let's not let's not let's not uh, burn any bridges. Yeah, but we don't want to burn any bridges. The I, fill-ins. I did kind of find it a little outrageous that he was like, "Yeah, they got to give out citations and yeah. like arrest people." That, that's that's not, ten thousand students. That's not going to. You're happen. not. You're, you could maybe maybe get five, maybe six. Yeah, and if you want to arrest the person that ran into Kyle Filipowski or cite them, maybe you could do that. We have the technology to find out who that was. So yeah, but you can't you can't arrest everybody. Not not feasible, not practical in any way. Um, just as long as there is procedures in place, I think there's ways to safely do it and, and not lose something that is sort of the fabric of of college sports and college basketball in particular. It's something you don't really see a lot of in this area because uh, at Louisville, despite how things have gone the last few years, and at Kentucky, it's expected that you win big games like that, so you don't really see the court storms, but it certainly happens plenty of other places, and just do it safely. That has always been my thing too. Um, I don't, I don't want to see them like outlaw the court storms, but also in favor of some situational awareness from the fan bases when you do storm the court. It does make it seem like you're not used to being there. You know what I mean? So, if you storm the court, you're sort of conceding the fact that we haven't been here before. We're not used to this level of success. I'm big on act like you've been there before. So, there's certainly that aspect of it, too. But, I don't think that means you have to have a lot of harsh arrests and other rules to stop it from happening just uh some awareness from fan bases too. act like you've been there before have a plan in place all this can be taken care of 437-9680 the ups jobs text line if you want to weigh in about uh basketball march is upon us friday march 1st it's hard to believe but uh selection sunday is just two weeks from sunday so it is coming up very quickly as the regular seasons wind down on both the women's and the men's side uh phil baker probably joining us closer now to the two o'clock hour so probably in hour three uh we'll hear from phil get his thoughts maybe on court storming cards and the cats and and much more uh here we'll take a break come back we there's an interesting discussion right now going on in the golf world as it pertains to the masters and uh 
Well, really, all the majors back to the live PGA stuff. I think it's an interesting discussion and uh, we can talk about it here coming up next Tuesday edition of the V show. Bob and Nick out plenty more to come here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Taking care of your family isn't always easy. So we make sure getting care when you need it is with Baptist health, urgent and virtual care. We bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. show with Bob Valvano is now right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. 437-9680 UPS Jobs text line. Thanks for being with us. Nikki V, Bobby V out today. I'm Nick Curran. Phil Baker will join us around two, maybe into the two o'clock hour. The Sunday morning hangover, Phil and me every Sunday and Zachy C who was here earlier, 10 to noon. ESPN 680-1057. Hope you can tune in. Seventh highest rated sports talk show during a highly competitive 10 to noon time slot each Sunday. Would love to have you as listener number 9 or 10. If you're so inclined. Uh, texter. A couple of texters. Texter says, I think he was guilty of initiating contact on the Kyle Filipowski court storming thing. I don't know. I'm not as convinced. I've seen it several times. I think Caitlin, I don't know that she initiated contact, Caitlin Clark, but she sort of sold the fall. Maybe Filipowski initiated contact a little bit. But, like, at the same time, if there's someone running on the floor that close to them, I sort of think they have the right to draw attention to it also. So, I don't know. Mark Anna said it best, though. You really thought you were going to get a... A call against a Duke player? No way. Great point. <laughs> Great point. There's no way around it. Great point. He'll uh, draw that charge. <laughs> no, no, getting a charge call it there every time. Although they were on the road, at least. Uh, Texter says they should sell court storming tickets. Only those who bought tickets can storm the court. Would raise revenue for schools and keep it safer. Interesting. So, like, you buy a ticket to the game, for instance, Winston-Salem Saturday, you buy a ticket to the game, and then in case we win, we have a court-storming ticket. Interesting. Kind of like the field passes you can buy for Thunder over Louisville. By the way, Thunder coming to Louisville Slugger Field April 20th. Thunder at Slugger. No game this year, but still a great music festival and um, full day of fun. Batsbaseball.com. Tickets and info there. You can buy field passes as well. So, like, you buy the ticket to get in, but then you also buy the field pass. So, you can get on the field for, for the concerts. It's kind of like that. You buy the ticket to get in, and then you buy the, the court storming ticket in case you win. I don't hate that idea. It would be interesting. 
Very interesting. Uh, to be honest with you, the storming the court topic's getting really old. Of course it is. Thank you. I'm just trying to get through three hours of a show. It's here, only though, day two so. of it. No, I know. I'm just trying to get through three hours, so I had to talk about it a little bit. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, 437-9680-UPS-JOBS text line. Keep those coming. Uh, interesting topic from the golf world as we take a little bit of a, a turn. Master season sort of upon us, not too far away, coming up in April. We'll see all the commercials during the NCAA tournament. It's one of the, the cool rites of spring, the NCAA tournament going on CBS, and then uh, the, the commercials for a tradition unlike any other. So uh, Taylor Gooch, who you uh, – may not be super familiar with maybe not a, a household name uh from oklahoma played at oklahoma state uh he plays now on the live tour was formerly on the pga tour but one of the guys that uh decided to join the live tour he joined in may of 2022 so gave up his spot on the pga tour and uh he won Live. He won the individual championship for the Live Golf League last year for 2023. However, was not invited to play in the Masters this year because his world golf ranking is now number 449 because the official world golf ranking system doesn't recognize Live participation. So you play in these Live events you win you lose it doesn't matter you don't get credit in the world golf rankings you don't your your ranking just takes a hit it's like you're not playing um you don't get any points for it it's caused a little bit of a discussion gooch was not invited to play in the masters because um the the masters invites guys based obviously there's other ways there's tournaments you can win and you automatically get in if you're a past champion you're automatically in and that sort of thing you get the exemption to play based on different tournaments you can win well none of those are on the live tour so obviously a lot of the live golfers get to play because they've they've either won a pga event recently enough to be exempted or they're past masters champions which which could be the case as well uh gooch neither none of those uh so he's now number 449 but he did win the the live tour as the individual champion last year but not uh not invited to play in the masters so uh, it's caused a little bit of a discussion about whether um the the majors the masters included should invite guys based on the the world golf rankings or if that's an antiquated way to do it uh the quote from taylor gooch if rory mcelroy goes and completes his career grand slam without some of the best players in the world there's just going to be an asterisk it's just the reality i think everybody wins whenever the majors figure out a way to get the best players in the world there i think it's an interesting discussion obviously this was kind of a hardline stance from the pga tour and company to try to discourage guys from leaving the pga tour and joining uh the live tour gooch only 32 so still relatively young uh, had one career pga tour win nine point two five million dollars in earnings uh, <laughs> so he had $9.25 million in PGA earnings, uh, in his first two live seasons, $46.5 million. And that 
ladies and gentlemen, is why people are are jumping over there because there's a a lot of money to be made. Um, won three tournaments and the Live Tour in uh, in 2023 did not receive one of three invitations to the Masters by Augusta National officials. One of the invites went to another Live guy, uh, Joaquin Neiman of Chile. Uh, he won at the Handa Australian Open and a couple of other sanctioned events. So he, who did not perform as well on the Live Tour, was invited to play in the Masters because he did play in a couple of other sanctioned events that the Masters recognized, but Gooch did not. Lee Westwood, obviously a former number one in the world, he's on the Live Tour now. Um, he said, quote, I think the world golf ranking has gotten itself into a real hole it's got itself into a point where it's obsolete really if i'm being completely honest it's managed to be so stubborn that it no longer ranks all the best golfers in the world fairly and it's gone so far that i don't see how it can come back from the hole that it's in because you can't backdate them um you know i I think it's a very interesting conversation because right now or at least up until now you have guys that have played on the PGA Tour, even if they're in live recently enough to maybe the top guys have won tournaments that get you exemptions or to be uh, previous champions of majors so they can continue to play in a lot of these events. But as that as those paths sort of diverge, and I don't know what the status is with the supposed merger between PG, the PGA Tour and live, but if you can't have the best players in the world play in these majors it does seem like a little bit of an issue. Um, if you have the guy who won, you know, essentially, you know, in, on the PGA Tour, they have the FedEx Cup champion. It'd be like not having the FedEx Cup champion play in the Masters. Uh, Gooch was like the equivalent on the live side. I don't know. It's an interesting discussion. A lot of guys are starting to, to speak out about it, obviously, uh, mainly on the live side. And I, you know, again, fully acknowledge that uh, the whole reason for it was because the PGA was trying to discourage guys from taking the money and joining the live tour, one of them to stay uh, on the PGA tour. And so sort of trying to limit the access in conjunction with an, an entity like the Masters and Augusta National uh, for people getting in to the events but it seems to me if i and rory mcelroy is the most sort of vocal defender of the pga and anti-live guy so he's the example if if you were rory it seems like you would want to play against all the best players so that there is no tainting of your victory in any way you know you want to beat everybody so that no one can say, well, yeah, you won the Masters, but this guy wasn't in it, and this guy wasn't in it, and this guy wasn't in it, because they weren't, they didn't get their world golf ranking points, even though they're probably good enough to be in it. They're not. I think that's a bad, I mean, clearly it's a bad thing for golf as a whole. Um, I don't think it necessarily will, in the short term, hurt ratings and interest in the masters or any of the other majors obviously this more of a a topic locally with the pga headed here in may but in the long term it's not good you you have to find a way to have all the best players in the best tournaments or else there's always that talking point that 
yeah, you won that, but did you really play all the best? Um, and I think this is one of the first times where it's sort of coming to a head because uh, the the official world golf ranking system has opted not to acknowledge any of the live events. And uh, as Lee Westwood pointed out, like how do you, even if you want to change policy, there's no way to make it up because you can't just backdate everything, I don't think, and say, oh, no, those do now retroactively count. So you have... Uh, a situation where um, maybe that's not the best way to continue to fill out the major fields. Oh, it's a really interesting discussion. And um, do does the prestige of some of these majors take a hit if certain guys aren't allowed to play? I think that's been the discussion since uh, the live stuff came about and... Um, I think it it will only continue as guys who are less established overall, like a Taylor Gooch, um, can can jump in and and move to live earlier in their career, so that they haven't done as much without as much of a, a body of work on the PGA Tour. But if if Rory or Justin Thomas or whoever it may be goes and wins the Masters without some of the best players in the world in it is that a, a tainted victory very interesting discussion and I thought um, interesting to bring up here because it's uh, it's something coming to Valhalla in May with the PGA Championship and uh, we'll oh, just uh, continue to be a topic as long as these things and, and I'm I'm also curious what a potential merger will do to that like maybe this is a short-term issue but uh i don't know exactly what the uh what the status of that is you got a pick for the masters who do you think is gonna win not taylor gooch (laughs) i was (laughs) i don't know i don't think i have a a pick yet Uh, it would be interesting if like a so John Rahm maybe has kind of gone full heel by by jumping over to to live after having not at the start. I don't know. Feels like maybe he could he could bounce back and win again just uh just after that. A little bit of a heel turn but then returns to the Masters and gets a win. It'd be interesting. So you, no chance Tiger wins it, right? I don't think so. Yeah, no. I, don't I think, think so. that I think I don't think you can pick. I mean, it'd be tough to pick Tiger right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you got to get through an entire tournament. I yeah. think. He, what did he? He he left day two. Yeah, I think so for an illness. Huh? It was an early withdrawal. That's become it's you become know a tiger. It's exactly. become a common thing for him, just sort of injury riddled or whatever the case may be, not being able to get through it. So, um, I think it's tough to pick him right now. I, I, I want to see Colin Morikawa. That'd be great. One. Because he was fighting through back injuries last year, and he had it was the playoff where was it Chef Shifley or Scheffler? Xander Shoffley. Shoffley. Yeah. He starts off as like because it's that weird format where it's like, yeah, you're the leader, you're yeah. minus ten to start the tournament. And right. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, that really confused me. But then he Morikawa started out like minus two, and he was able to get 
tied for the league yeah. going into the fourth day, which I was amazed by. Well, I also hope that, if nothing else, maybe a lot of this spat could turn into... Um, I hope there's cameras near for, like, if there's a full swing season two on Netflix, because that was that was phenomenal. I very much enjoyed... I think they they're in the works of uh, making season two. I, I think so too, and I hope this this stuff. I know PGA and Live was like a part of the first season, but yeah, this specifically, I would love to see be part of season two. Just the discussion about the majors, the the world golf rankings, and trying to make sure that you know the best players are in it. We got our intern, Matt. He just told yeah. me March 6th is the day that apparently season two is coming out. Oh, so, so. none of this will be in it because they'll, they've will they already made yeah. season two. Sad. Okay. But maybe this could be in season three. I was going to say season three. Yeah. Um, it was great, by the way. If you haven't checked, I mean, I'm guessing most people, unless you've lived under a rock, have have checked it out. But uh, full swing on Netflix. Be sure to, to watch it. And season two. Looking forward to that coming out. That, that was a... Uh, Really cool insight into the lives of these guys, uh, and, and pretty much dead on as expected. I think just like flying in a private jet to go play a practice round and play set, like really cool stuff. Like Jordan Spieth and JT just going to play a practice round somewhere. I'll meet you on the tarmac in your private jet. Really cool. I loved it, and. You get to see uh, guys like insecurities and how psychological and mental, uh, especially in a game and an individual sport like golf, exactly how it is. You get to see up close and personal like a Brooks Kepka, like questioning whether he's good enough to, to be out there. I thought all that was so fascinating. I loved it. Hope we get more of that in season two, which apparently will be out March 6th. Great stuff for the baseball season. Have to get the. Uh, we'll have to get the companion membership for Netflix, though. They're really starting to crack down on the, uh, the the password sharing. It's been a tough beat. I'm so mad about that. Yeah, me too. We we've used the in laws Netflix, yeah. but now we're gonna have to like create an account and pay for our own it's, companion it's- membership because. You know. It's the worst because I'm logged into my family's one, so yeah. they're all the way up in Connecticut. So I'm like, I are they log- watching on two TVs right now, or are they not? Yeah, sometimes like, it works. Is this your home TV? And I'm like, well, not not technically, but c- can I just watch something? Just please? watch this. <laughs> Come right on. Now. Like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It just depends. My wife has a sister; she has the login as well. So it's like if you know if her parents are watching and her sister's watching, we're SOL. Or I would always use it when I was on the road with whatever, like baseball or whatever. So I'm in the hotel trying to watch it, but she's watching and her parents are like, no go. It's smart for them, though. Great business. Netflix has uh, ramped up the subscribers, had a great last quarter of, uh, of 2023. So it was a wise business decision for them. Unfortunately for the rest of us, uh, it's worked out. Which is also, have you guys seen this? Completely off topic, but Zach was talking about it earlier. Uh, Wendy's is supposed to be experimenting with some dynamic pricing. So, like, during peak times, the prices of their stuff is going to go up. 
what do you think about I think they're going to make a lot of money on this because I'm envisioning peak times you know Wendy's open late uh, well I guess when a peak time is but how do you really pay attention to the prices enough to know if they've jacked it up a buck or two at a certain time I think this is a genius move by Wendy's because I don't think people will notice and they're just going to make an extra dollar or two during peak times. It's like the first fast food experimentation with dynamic pricing. Other industries use it like, uh, uh, I mean, even us with the bats, ticketing. Um, You know, Friday, Saturday games cost a little more than like your Tuesday or Wednesday games because there's more demand for those. Um in promotional events. Like yeah, exactly. Beers and whatnot. Fireworks, stuff like yeah. that. Um, Kids run the bases Saturday, I think it was. Well, right? Sundays. Or Sundays, Sundays that was it. Yeah, Sundays uh, stay a little cheaper, Kids Day and everything. But uh, but, but it's it's been a thing in other industries, and now it's coming to the restaurant industry. And uh, I don't know. Maybe the Netflix thing got me thinking because people are like, oh, Netflix uh, with the cracking down on the password sharing. How's that going to go for their business? Well, it went really well. They they, they upped their subscriber base and revenue uh, during the last quarter of 2023 because of that. Zach was saying, I, I don't think it's going to work out very well for Wendy's. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I think it could. It's It stinks as, yeah. as like a fast food consumer. You might have to pay more. But I, I don't think most people will notice like know well enough how much exactly how much they pay for various Wendy's products so I think they're actually going to make a lot of money doing this that's my hunch do you think like they'll tell people ahead of time well it's already come out not true yeah but like so, if you're in the drive through it's like yeah no sorry. Uh, they're I just mean, gonna have to be you know they're gonna have to be and this is where they could run into some trouble because uh, you're gonna have to be diligent with like those menu boards so, like, they're all the digital menu boards when you're going through the drive-thru now, but you're going to have to have, like, on certain, at certain times, you're going to have to have the certain price one. And I don't know who's in charge of changing that, but that feels like that could be uh, Imagine being the person putting in an order, and then it just changes in front of like, your Like, right eyes. as you're doing it. Whoa! No! No! I need my, my, what is, they don't have the 4-4 anymore, sadly, but they got the biggie bag. It's like, oh, I mean. No, I got a, $7? What? Like. I mean, I'm still paying for it. I don't care. Biggie Bag's one of the best deals. Well, I, it, this is beginning as early as 2025. I'll admit, I haven't been to Wendy's in a while. I used to go there really often because there's one very close to our house, but it started to take, well, the COVID thing, they started to close at like seven, and I think they're finally back to like semi-normal hours now, but it, the last, every time I've tried to go there, it's either forever or they're like, we're out of this, so I've kind of stopped dealing with that place because it's been tough it is like a top three food chain or fast food chain though like oh for they're, sure they're no the question. most consistent the spicy nuggets i mean Ooh, goodness gracious come on now that's still the best commercial ever dak oh <laughs> oh well, he's just in the huddle it's like ah oh, man i can't wait for these spicy nuggets dak what we got a game going on yeah, i mean i can completely on. relate to dak there <laughs> yeah um but they're, they're supposedly going to try this in 2025, testing a variety of enhanced features on these digital menu boards like dynamic pricing, different offerings in certain parts of the day, AI-enabled menu changes that might get messy, uh, and suggestive selling based on factors such as weather. So they're going all in on this stuff. Like Uber-style surge pricing. So higher demand, 
prices go up, how do they control those menu boards? Probably won't be. Probably be something at like the corporate level that just I'm, automatically. I'm blaming them. Reggie Miller for it, anyways. He sleeps there. <laughs> Come on, man. Reggie Miller and Reggie Bush. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. yeah, just all kinds of Reggies at Wendy's. By the way, thanks to Raising Canes. Raising Canes Tuesday here. Great stuff. Speaking of chicken, it doesn't get much better than Raising Canes. Great pick-me-up uh, meal here, middle of the day. Needed it. Here at the studio. Everyone's very excited on Tuesdays. Uh, it's it's an interesting Wendy's experiment. I am, I'll be interested to see how that works out for them. Monetarily. See if they make money off of it. I think they will. I don't think people will know enough that they're paying like an extra dollar or two i think it's potentially a genius move we'll see what happens what a what a world what a world that's how we are technologically is that fast food places can go to surge pricing and we're we're okay with it yeah i mean most people i think are gonna be yeah yeah (sighs) crazy stuff 437-9680 UPS Jobs text line if you have a thought on Wendy's surge pricing. Phil Baker will join us at some point in the third hour. We'll get back to Cards and Cats and uh, plenty more basketball to talk about with the NCAA Tournament and Selection Sunday just uh, just uh, just under three weeks from right now. It is a Tuesday edition of the V-Show. Back with the third hour next here on ESPN 680 and 105.7.